0: Welcome to the Physique Business Podcast, making money in the fitness industry. You spent hours in the gym, sweating buckets, crushing PRs, and lifting a ton of weight. Now it's time to turn that passion into a highly profitable business. Here's stories and tips of proven methods for starting and scaling your business
1: in the fitness industry. And now your host, Corey Sweargaz. Hey everyone, welcome to the Physique Business Podcast. Today we have a special episode of the Promoter's Corner. I am here with Mindy O'Brien, a veteran of the sport, a true fitness and Canadian icon in the industry, and promoter with the Canadian Physique Alliance. Mindy, can you give a brief, you know, 60 to 90 second overview of your background?
0: Yeah, sure. First of all, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Great to be here. Um, yeah, so I started competing in 1996 in fitness, and then I earned my pro card in 2004 at the Canadian Fitness Championships. I did my first pro show in 2004 at the Southwest USA Pro Cup. I won that show and then went on to go to the Olympia, the Arnold Classics. So in total, I've qualified for 12 Olympias. I competed in 11 in women's physique and fitness and 10 Arnold Class- Classics in women's physique and fitness um i've competed in every division except bodybuilding and the IFBB pro league platform um i specialize in posing and stage presentation for women i own a women's fitness training studio called mindio's fitness and i'm a show promoter for the canadian Phys- physique alliance mindio show and i co-promote uh, the niagara falls pro-am with bob chigarillo and i'm also a sponsored athlete with mutant so that's my background <laughs>
1: Amazing. There's, you know what, there's so much to go over there. And obviously, I'm, you know, an entrepreneur myself. Um, I just recently launched a gym. Also, we opened up uh, the Thursday uh, before the Vancouver Island showdown. So we're about 10 days into that. So it's super exciting that you have your own fitness studio as well. Um, But let's go back. Were you the first ever fitness IFPB Pro Fitness competitor to come out of Canada?
0: No, there was Stephanie Warsfold, Melissa Mock, okay. They were before me, um, but I'm the first one to win a, a title on the, the IFBB Pro. League
1: gotcha, gotcha. Platform, so, yeah. were those two individuals people that you looked towards for guidance?
0: Well, I actually met Stephanie Warsfold at uh, at one of like just a regional show, but I like fell in love with her legs. I was <laughs> she had the best legs I had ever seen on a female, like up yeah. close and. So I I went up and I spoke with her and then um, ended up competing with her I think in 96 at the Canadian Championships and that's the one she won. So it was, uh, yeah, we've been like really good friends, almost best friends since then. So
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, You know, so the Mindy O Show is coming up in approximately three weeks from now?
0: Yeah, two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
1: So you said that you you were unsuccessful in having this show in 2020. what, uh, what what kind of took place there? What were the challenges that were faced in front of you?
0: Well, essentially COVID-19 happened and everything was shut down. So, you know, I was really disappointed when we had to cancel the event. Uh, you know, the gyms were closed, businesses were closed. So it just didn't make any sense to to try and even put on a show, you know. Um, but we did manage to put on the Niagara Falls Pro-Am. We just removed the, the Pro Division uh, to do travel restrictions and whatnot But the show. It went off pretty well, like it was in November. So the gyms had been closed the entire time. And uh, I really wasn't sure what kind of athletes were going to show up the quality of them. And mm-hmm. I actually, you know, th- there's a lot of athletes with that strong mindset and they're just going to find a way to get things done. And the quality of the athletes that showed up at the show, I was pleasantly surprised. It was They were amazing. And, um, yeah, we obviously things had to change. We couldn't have an audience. The athletes had to stay in their hotel rooms um, until they were called down into the to warm up and to get on stage um but thank goodness for muscleware app mm-hmm. you know it worked off it worked really well and and everybody was uh, on point and respe- respected the the wishes of the the hotel the venue and uh it ran seamlessly so it was pretty good i was pleasantly surprised
1: that's awesome so three weeks away how special is this event going to be for you
0: well, we've had to reschedule this show. This is our third time rescheduling it. Um, and the gyms here just reopened maybe maybe two weeks ago. So uh, we're the first show. Barry had to be canceled. They were the first show in Ontario to start. They canceled. So we are the first one now. Um, mm-hmm. Stephanie and I actually teamed up. We're using the same venue. We're having two shows. in one day hers is a natural event and mine's open. So uh Working with staff, it'll be a lot more fun. It's not as scary. And last year, just going, we're using the same kind of platform that we used last year, keeping the athletes in their hotel rooms until they're brought down. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to have an audience, but we do have pay-per-view. So that's really good. And so the, actually, the, the feedback that I got last year, like there were seven countries that watched the the show that we had going on, the regional level show, which was pretty fascinating. But the spectators, they got to sit in the hotel room and cheer on their their friends and their family or competitors, you know, and it turned into a really good event and party for them. So a lot of people are happy that they get to do that same thing again. So, and I think it also took the pressure off the athletes because it was a quiet, intimate room. They had just a few competitors on stage at one time and the judges were right there in front of them. So I just think it took a lot of pressure off This show ran seamlessly and uh, it was a great experience. So we're just going to use that same kind of platform that we used uh, last year.
1: That's awesome. Are you going to run it as as a one show format or two show format?
0: One show format. One show? We have two shows that one day. So crazy. And, so, and also, I, I honestly like that way better.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. How, uh, how logistically, how are you yeah. going to pull that off? Like, are you doing the athlete meeting the same, same day?
0: No, we're going to do the athletes meeting virtually on Friday night. Okay. Um, and then we'll just have the athletes stay in the room until we call them down class by class to pump up, get sprayed and uh, get on stage.
1: Gotcha. So is the open show going to be first and natural second or, or what's the order of the event? Correct. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Steph and I are meeting tomorrow actually to just go through all the fine details. But, um, as we have it right now, the Mindy show will go first and then the Stephanie Worsfold natural classic will go second.
1: That's awesome it's actually really great to hear that obviously promoters are working together you know to be able to make these types of events happen and COVID has forced all of us to really rethink the business model and the way that we put on events you know obviously we're still not fully out of COVID there's still restrictions that are in place you know obviously different you know province by province um, but we still need to make adjustments and, and and I think you know going back to where we were of having you know either theaters or expo halls packed with people and you know, six, seven, spectators, unfortunately, still going to take a bit of time to get there. Um, you know, and obviously promoters who are forward thinking, such as yourself and having pay-per-view at your event allows you to obviously still continue to have, you know, spectators virtually. Um, you know, one, obviously, it, it helps obviously bring revenue to the show, but it also gives access to people that wouldn't, you know, typically be able to watch the show. Um, as you said, it would be seven or eight countries viewed your regional show which is yeah we had seven countries watching the
0: show it really
1: was yeah absolutely no it's it's great i mean because uh, you know competitors parents or grandparents that are overseas um you know people that have immigrated to canada can now have their family members all over you know the world actually watch their fitness competition something that really wasn't even possible you know 10 years ago you know i mean even five years ago i mean maybe olympia i think was the only you know really event in the bodybuilding scene that was live streamed five years ago. So to actually have it now at, you know, the regional level is uh, you know, truly a monumental step forward for people to have access. Um, so the Mindy O show, which city, which city is it in, in Ontario?
0: It'll be in Niagara Falls.
1: Niagara. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's kind of a nice segue to the, the, the next topic of discussion, which is talking about the pro-am when is that happening and uh, give us a little bit of information about it.
0: Yeah. So that show will take place November 6th in Niagara falls. Um, we are not going to be doing the pro uh, portion of the show this year. Um, we're really disappointed that we can't put it on just for the uncertainty with travel restrictions. I just don't know what that's going to look like. And from a business perspective, it's, it's a big overhead financially and um it's just not worth our risk and we don't want to put anybody else's lives at risk, you know, find them in or whatever. So we're putting a plan together for next year to make the show bigger and better so we can have more divisions in the pro uh, portion of the the show, but the amateur portion will go on and we're going to try and make that as big as we possibly can. Niagara Falls is just welcoming these athletes with open arms. So we're really excited and very fortunate for that.
1: So, Amazing. That's Awesome what do you see coming, you know, for the CPA coming the fall of, the, of this year? Like, do you, do you see a boom? Do you see a, there kind of a recession still continuing? What's your, what's your overall thoughts and general feeling of where the industry is going?
0: I'm not sure, you know, I just, uh, I feel like athletes, now that the gyms are open, I just feel like everybody's been in lockdown. We just are like busting to get going. And, um, again, the athletes mindset, I think they're just going to push forward and find a way to bring their best physiques to the stage. If you watched the Chicago pro show last weekend, like the athletes that were coming out of, into that show, you know, it's just like, they took it up a notch. So I'm hoping that, you know, you know, comes this way as well. And, um, yeah, I'm just hoping we can get back to, to normal.
1: Mm-hmm. It was actually quite if incredible to sense. see the success of the Canadian athletes at the Chicago pro this year. Um, I believe three Canadians one yeah which is which is phenomenal it definitely shows that the health of you know the fitness industry in Canada is alive and well and strong and you know the the things that uh, we're doing as an organization to continue to put out you know top quality athletes and obviously reward um, our athletes you know in the in the pro ranks is proving to be you know aligned with the highest level in terms of judging and criteria and and picking the right athletes to move on um that canadian athletes are now you know continuing to win you know pro shows and and placing extremely well uh at the mr olympia contest year after year
0: yeah it's amazing
1: so um yeah no that's 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 awesome so I know you do, um, you know, multiple things. You wear multiple hats, um, you know, everything that you've done in the fitness industry now also owning your own facility. Um, Are are you also doing personal training as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my husband, my ex-husband and I, we owned a a training studio for many years. Um, And then within the last few years, I took it over myself. It was called Team O'Brien Fitness, but now it's Mindio's Fitness, where I strictly just work with women competitors and just regular women trying to get in shape so just transforming lives as they go you know awesome. I, I,
1: <laughs> so that's, that's basically what I do yeah mm-hmm. um, what what specifically does it mean to you to to focus on women like is is there a, a background or a reason why you're focusing on women
0: well for me personally I feel if there was anything, anything that I was trying to overcome in my life, any obstacles or hurdles, I always leaned into fitness. And I felt like that always gave me a a space to think my thoughts through, to get stronger. But it was like, not just physically strong, it was mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I always felt so empowered when I finish a workout. That's like going back to even when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And so I feel like there's so much you can get out of, fitness industry, working out, fueling your body with the right foods, um, supplementation, nutrition. And I feel like if I can give that back to the women that are struggling or just, we all have different things we're going through. And I just feel like everybody gravitates to fitness. You go for a walk and you come back and you feel better. You know what I mean? So I, I wanna educate more women in that aspect and they're not being in a judgmental environment. They can feel, they're getting the full benefit of coming in learning how to work out properly you know i go to gyms now and i even to this day it's intimidating going into a gym so i want women to come into the gym feel like they're learning about themselves learning about working out and just feeling comfortable in their own skin and they're not in a judgmental uh, environment so that when they do go out into another gym or whatever they, they feel empowered and strong so that's mainly my mission um and then as far as working with women on posing and stage presentation, that's my passion. I just, I love putting the final tip touches on, on the, the routines. That's where I feel like um, I always kind of stood out on stage. I would always tell mm-hmm. a story in my routines or whatever. So I feel like I can always kind of help athletes in that aspect.
1: That's awesome. Do you think women get enough respect in the fitness industry?
0: Um, I do i do i feel like you know maybe a couple of years ago the prize money wasn't as great or whatever but i feel like now um well I, I feel like we're more on an equal playing field definitely yeah and i feel like when i when i look at other athletes i i'm inspired and i and i have much respect for the effort and the work that they put into it i think we're just as as good if not better than the guys <laughs>
1: Absolutely. No,
0: yeah. I, I truly feel like we're. I think we are more on an equal playing field. I really do. No, that's
1: that, that's that's great to hear. Because I'm sure when you started competing, that you know it may not have always been that way. Um, you know, like I've I unfortunately had to postpone my IFBB Pro Show uh, out in Victoria, B.C. this year until 2022. Um, but essentially, what I'm actually trying to build out here is a women's only, uh, IFBB, IFBB Pro Show. So we are going to be moving forward with the women's physique and women's bodybuilding division and uh, i'm going to have uh, an exciting announcement very soon um of potentially an additional class coming and uh, really putting women front and center on the west coast and and putting you know feminine muscle um you know in western canada in the forefront and be able to have uh, a showcase for women and in western canada to be able to show off their physique and so i'm actually really excited i believe the future of the sport is actually with the women. Um, and, and I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity and growth for women's sports, you know, at the professional level across all, all areas. I mean, obviously I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff with the women's soccer in the U S in the discrepancies and in, in wages between the men and the women. Um, and, and I think finally, you know what women are, starting, as you alluded to in the last couple of years, starting to get more recognition for their traits, um, and for their abilities. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to actually continue to, to help that on, on the West coast of Canada. And uh, I know wings, wings of strength has done an, an incredible job, uh, you know, since they've, they've come to the forefront, saving women's bodybuilding obviously, and, and really helping, you know, put women's, um, you know, w- women's physiques and women's muscle, you know, really front and center, um, with a, with a Chicago pro, Pretty much being almost, you know, the women's Arnold Classic now, really, and in, uh, in in a lot of ways, and, and yeah. women truly love that event, um, and and I think it's obviously great for the industry as a whole to be able to have those next tier of athletes and be able to breed the next generation of of women, and you know, even with the addition of wellness, I think it really allows women, you know, who may not be want to get you know as big as somebody at you know as, as yourself and compete in in physique but now you have a number of different tiers that allow athletes you know to be able to find a place that they fit that meets their body type and their you know genetic you know disposition I guess if if you want to call it that I mean um you know I guess we could our, we could we could debate whether how much your genetics play a role but at the you know the upper echelon of the IFBB pro you do have to have some sort of Um, you know, quality genetics, and you have to have the frame to fit a a specific class. And I mean, obviously, you're an exception to the rule being able to cross over in so many classes. So um, which I think is phenomenal for you to be able to do that and and also win at all those levels. I think that's incredibly important. It's not that you just, you know, competed in these classes and, you know, finished whatever 16th in a show, but actually winning in multiple different um, you know, disciplines really shows how multifaceted you actually are. Um, you know, on the fitness level, like what do you see fitness going? Um, obviously that was another class that was almost, you know, extinct, um, in the, you know, 2010 to 2012. And there was, you know, a bit of a, a push to try to revive that. Where do you see that right now and the future of that category?
0: i'm super excited to watch the fitness girls like the division is there's been a comeback these girls that are coming to the stage are incredible um i did the olympia live podcast and i got to to uh commentate the women's fitness and just being right there watching it it just blew me away with the skill level that they're doing um their physiques are incredible i honestly think that's the hardest division in in the sport um of you know in bodybuilding you have to be depleted you have to be as lean as just as much as lean as a bodybuilder you have to perform a two minute high intensity powered routine um these girls are dynamite and i just think um i just think it's just going to keep getting bigger and better there was 14 girls i think in chicago last weekend so it would be really good to revive that in in canada as well you know we're getting a few really good pros come out of here but i think there's so many more that you know we could you could just uh, nurture and, and develop into that you know i don't know like for, for the last few years at my show i haven't had any fitness girls mm-hmm. so it's kind of like but then you see other shows like the uh the toronto pro usually has a decent amount it would just really be good to see canada we have a lot of talented athletes just get back out on top and uh but just watching the whole entire division worldwide i think it's, it's growing and i think it's going to be unstoppable
1: so mm-hmm what's what what's it like
0: in vancouver for you guys
1: yeah for sure i I do believe that i do believe the vancouver pro still has the fitness division as as part of the pro show what what is the what's the pipeline like where do you recruit fitness athletes these days like is it coming from a cheer background is it coming from a hip-hop dance background like where 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 can we find the next generation of fitness competitors
0: well i used to have a team of fitness girls and uh I would go and recruit them from gymnastics clubs. The only problem is that the coaches don't really want their athletes to be competing in two divisions. Like they don't want them doing fitness, you know, risk of injury is high for them when they should be focusing on gymnastics. So I think the best thing for me at that time was to recruit them when they were just about to retire. They have a strong work ethic. They're still focused on being fit and strong. And uh, I think if you can just get in there right when they're about to retire, that's probably the best way to get them. Uh, I know there's a lot of cheerleaders coming into fitness um And and with the junior division, I actually had a huge junior division as well. But at the time, there was nowhere there for them to go. You know, these girls would train, you know, nine hours a week, and they had really great routines, and they were learning tons of skills. But it was like there was nowhere for them to go. You know what I mean? They would get to nationals, and that was it. So you know, some of them competed for years, and then they were just burnt out because they couldn't. There mm-hmm. was another. There was no like other level. Right. So I feel like that was a little bit discouraging, but as far as recruiting fitness girls, it's like, it's, 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 challenging. Totally. But I think if, I think if you see these athletes watching the Olympia or watching the actual pro show, I think that would really entice them seeing them live or just on pay-per-view. Cause when I was younger, I'd watch the fitness or the, yeah, the fitness America pageant. And that's where I learned about fitness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it was seeing it on TV.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. As a, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, but also an athlete, what do you think it's going to take for, you know, the fitness industry to break in more mainstream and, and actually have the Olympia say on, you know, regular television? Like, what do you think it's going to take for our sport to kind of get to that next level where it can be seen by the mainstream public?
0: I don't know, but that would be a dream come true, you know? Um, I, I think we are, we're getting closer as we go. I just, um, you know, with so many other divisions, I think it's more enticing for other people to watch it. It's like not just seeing, not not everybody's flavor is, is men's bodybuilding or women's bodybuilding, but now we have the other divisions, you know, wellness, bikini. I think that is going a little bit more mainstream and hopefully that will entice others to watch it. And maybe we can go more mainstream. I'm not really sure, do you have an answer? <laughs>
1: Um, I, I I mean, I definitely have an opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I think we have to relook at the way we market our athletes. I think that's one of the biggest things. And if you look at at the UFC or you look at, you know, American football, um, being the NFL, um, you know, they advertise their athletes. They don't advertise their events. And I think, you know, creating the backstory, creating a storyline, leading into the events, which which they've started obviously with the press conference at the Olympia, you know, which has been around for a couple of years. Um, but I think it's a little too late, unfortunately. Like if you're doing the press conference a couple of days front before the event, you're not gonna get on a plane from Canada and fly to Vegas because all of a sudden, you know, you, you had a you know, there was a an argument at the press conference. I, I think as as an industry, I think we need to start to build that storyline ahead of time. And I think just the way that you know, the industry is is structured and and I understand from an athlete standpoint, but most athletes don't commit to these events, you know, especially, you know, any non Olympia, they don't sign their contracts until the, you know, one, two, three weeks out from the event. And so it's really hard from a promoter standpoint, you know, whether it be a small show or a big show to be able to gauge, to be able to invest, and then to be able to tell the story of the athletes that are involved. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I really want to try to do myself as a promoter is, is to engage with the athletes ahead of time, get them committed, and then be able to help sell that story leading into it, where by the time that, that that athlete's on stage, you already know their backstory. You want to be there actually rooting and cheering for them and really building that emotional connection, I think is something that our industry needs to, to look at. And, and then secondly, I just I think we need to look at how shows are done Um, and the format and how to make it more consumer-friendly because our shows, you know, can last, an evening show can last five, six hours. And I think with the attention span of people nowadays, unfortunately, um, that's, you know, not so conducive to the way people consume information um, and the attention spans and the way they view. And so, I I, you know, that one's a little bit more tricky. I, I don't know how you would do it, but if we can condense it, in, you know, or condense the way we do shows to be more, you know, into an hour or two range for television. I think you would see more of, you know, mainstream television, you know, opting to do this type of thing, or you know, or we look at you know to the IFBB and and really try to strive to get some sort of you know media and broadcast, you know, central hub. You'll see a lot of the professional sports leagues have their own, you know. Pay per view channel where you you can subscribe to all of their events for the entire year. You know, just looking at say baseball, you can buy like MLB right. Showtime, and you can watch every you know baseball game that exists, and something like that where you, where you can give people access where you can buy an annual subscription to pay per view, and then you get to see all of the shows that allows you to follow the entire circuit. I think would I, also I do be.
0: Access- Sorry, I do actually know that has been brought up and that has been a conversation uh, with Wings of Strength. And if you go to Monday Night Muscle, uh, Sean Ray uh, and Bob Chick are the voices of that. And they are really trying to follow the the athletes from show to show and giving them the backstory. So that is happening. It just, I don't think it's happening fast enough. And for sure. But I I like your your version and your vision for that. I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, you know what? I, I won't monopolize all of your time. I know you're extremely busy. You know, I thank you for coming on, you know, the special edition of the promoters corner. We will have this episode out really soon before the Mindy O show takes place. I wish you all the success in the world. I hope you have a very safe and successful show and uh, look forward to having you back on the show sometime.
0: Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate it.
1: I'll see you you soon. Bye. All right, the episode is over. I hope you got a tremendous amount of value from it. If you could do me a favor and subscribe up on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify, it would be greatly appreciated. If you did like the episode, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. This is an Influential Sports production. It is a original production, and we have new episodes coming weekly.